Is this a benevolent universe or something else? Which way do the signs point? Everyone thinks they're on the right path. They can justify any failure because they assume it's leading someplace good. It's always the other person who makes the wrong turn and finds the Minotaur. Sitting behind the front wheel, got my room beside me too. Hello and welcome to Pod 49, a podcast where we celebrate the wonderful show Lodge 49. This is Jim. Chris couldn't make it this time, but I am joined by Bart and Claire. How are you guys doing? Hello, you know, pretty good. Well, we are also joined by a very special guest whom you might recognize from such classics as Groundhog Day, Strangers with Candy, and Veep. And you also know him as Blaze St. John on Lodge 49. Welcome, David Pasquese. Thanks very much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. We wanted to start out um, by asking, how did you end up on Lodge 49? What was your journey to finding your way onto the show? Um, I auditioned just uh, at my, uh, I, my manager, Stacey Abrams, is in a building at Highland and Wilshire. And in that building is also Deb, Deb Zane. And um, I happened to be there and I walked down the hall and auditioned for uh, Deb and Dylan for the role of Blaze. And this was before. And then I ended up, then I went, I don't live in Los Angeles. I happen to have been out there. And then I went back to Chicago and then I, they brought me out for the another audition for all the big wigs. And that's when I met the gang, Jim and Peter and Nina, uh, Jim Gavin, uh, Peter Rocco and Nina Jack. I met them and, and I auditioned for them and the AMC folks. Uh, were you um, always just uh, going up for the role of Blaze? Like, was there anything particular about Blaze that you found compelling as a role? Yeah, it was. I was on the only... Uh, thing I auditioned for was Blaze. I still remember the audition scene, but um, I read a script and I really enjoyed it. And then between the time when I did the first audition and ended up going back, I bought Jim's book, uh, Middleman, and I just absolutely loved the writing, all of it. And I think everybody on the show felt the same way. We were big fans of the material as well as, oh, this is a great, it's a really fun job and all that. But when scripts come out, we wouldn't talk to one another. We'd just all go and read and like, uh, like fans. And I remember reading it like, oh man, that's, oh, I never saw that coming. Oh, that's, that's me. I, I should probably pay closer attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, you couldn't foresee the uh, breakdown in the produce section of the uh, no, that, 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 right. <laughs> what was the scene if you remember uh for your audition it was in the the library with wyatt um dud where i'm telling him about the doctors don't know i have a parasite in me mm. I have a parasite in me and my western medicine doesn't really quite get it and, yeah. and then when you would first read that did you imagine that that parasite would end up being seen in such a literal way? Um, no, I, of course, not even sure that it's real. Right. Um, I, I remember reading when it came out. I'm like, oh, it was real. I was, uh, it, it was, I was thrilled. Yeah. That I actually, that I wasn't just crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So was everyone able to get through that scene when it was actually filmed without cracking up and <laughs> ruining the, the, it, the? Yeah, it was uh, sufficiently gross. So everyone, <laughs> everyone, uh, kind of, the reactions were <laughs> actually uh, pretty genuine. It was it was gross looking, and it was just a real piece of a huge thing that. 
it was big and uh-huh. I'd shove it up my nose and load it, load it up. And, back <laughs> out. That's, uh, and then eventually they ended up using, I think they did do some, uh, effect post yeah post in addition um so it was this combination of the real thing and like it didn't move right like when it's out (laughs) (laughs) that was post and then you pulling it out that seemed like pretty practical effects or practical like props department type of stuff uh, yeah we we oiled it up so, yeah. so you did literally stick it up your nose oh yeah and, and between takes i had to reload it and, mm-hmm. wow yeah so do you have a favorite scene that you got to shoot i mean was it the the parasite like um coming out or um yeah i mean that was pretty fun a favorite i don't know that that's my favorite scene i, I really enjoyed doing all of it it was kind of a it was an unusual job for the kinds of jobs I usually do. Right. Um, I usually do just straight up comedy and I'm most often a shithead. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my, that's my wheelhouse. <laughs> and, uh, and so this was really fun to do something that wasn't just the, the things that I'm most used to doing. So it was, I really enjoyed doing the, the grocery store scene. That was yeah. That was really great. And uh, Mo Marable was the director on that one. He was really helpful. He was great and was just and kind of tr- helping. Tr- and that's a wonderful thing, too. You always had uh, Jim and or Peter and Nina. And then also we had great directors. But we if we ever had any questions, they're always just right. They're always there. Yeah. I was really fortunate for all of us to kind of help track. As I say, it's not something I'm all that familiar with doing that kind of stuff so tracking how crazy am i at this point in this scene um so that it makes you know it's not too gradual i'm not too sudden that all of a sudden i'm you know laughing at lemons yeah (laughs) well who hasn't been there you know (laughs) the scent was well paced i thought you know like even by watching it and going back and watching season one again, you can kind of see it bubbling under the surface the whole time, which I mm-hmm. hadn't really noticed quite as much the first time around. Um, but yeah, that that uh, the the character development, the arc of Blaze was one of my favorite uh, things of the whole show, really. It was really a treat to do. That was really fun. Yeah. And it's a very common thing when we've talked to people, they all um, have very similar things to say about how everybody enjoyed it and they were all kind of fans of it and you know the kind of like love on the set and it, and everybody still speaks very fondly of everybody that they worked with and yeah i mean you know often uh there's an asshole mm-hmm. uh, there is one and i remember showing up at that and i'm looking and i'm looking <laughs> and i'm like I guess it's me. Yeah. <laughs> you look around, you can't spot the asshole. Right. <laughs> so one thing that we have commented on a lot on our podcast that we're huge fans of is the relationship between Blaze and Eric Allen Kramer's character, Scott. And in part, especially the way that you pronounce his name. Um, and how that even gets like kind of more exaggerated as time goes on and your frustration, Blaze's frustration with Scott grows. Oh um, no, David's frustration with Eric. <laughs> <laughs> it's all real life. That's what it felt like for sure. The, uh, the nice, also the nicest guy. He's yeah. just the nicest guy. So yeah. to, be, to be pissy to him was really... Uh, fun yeah he was at the um the, the comic con the comic con that we attended and um of course there was <laughs> there was also like a cheerleading com- uh competition going on at the same time in the same building and so probably 50 different uh 13 or 14 year old girls had recognized him from his uh disney show yeah. uh, which my daughter actually ended up watching and of course he you know sat and took pictures with all of them was very you know kind and generous with his time yeah he really is a mensch yeah yeah Really great guy. That was, and that's another thing that was, I didn't know any of those. I didn't know anyone. And that was, I think the first time I'd ever gone on to a job where I didn't know anyone because I'm from Chicago and um, most 
people that are doing comedy have spent time there. And so there's usually some sort of connection. Linda was as close as I got and I'd never met her before. But Mm. she she had spent some time in Chicago. So that was really fun. Like these are all these wonderful folks that I've never, never met before. It was great. Was it your first shoot in like Atlanta? It was. It was. I had not been to Atlanta since I was on the road with Second City in the touring. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was a long time ago. <laughs> with yeah. uh, In our company was uh, Lawrence Olivier. Um, <laughs> <laughs> quite that old. Yeah. I was going to say, who's that? She's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> our youngest host. <laughs> I'm never going to die, y'all. <laughs> um, yeah, so speaking of Second City, um, how long have you been in the improv game? You're obviously like a legend in that sphere specifically. I started improvising with uh, Ryan Murray's little brother, mm-hmm. Joel. Yeah, um, heard of him. I came up with him. We came up together through Del Close's workshops and also then after that, Second City. So I've been improvising with him since about 1984. Mm. And was there anything like about improv over scripted sketches that uh, com- that you found more um, compelling? I, I like, I just had never had an experience with anything. Yeah. Um, and it was not until... I was working on main stage, main stage at Second City that I did my first play. I'd never done a play. Um, so it's just that was just happened to have been my experience. If that's the way I came up. Yeah. But, and I like I like all of it. I like doing play. Yeah. I like doing scripted TV. I like doing comedy. I like I like doing it all. It's really fun. How does your approach change between uh, improv- improvisation, like the way you will address a character let's say well the first play i did was at the remains theater in chicago and uh during previews i don't know if you're familiar that or those listening might not be familiar but uh the stage manager if you've gotten words wrong after the performance you get a list uh, you know these little script notes the uh, little pieces of paper where she's filled out um where, you know, what page it was and whether you transpose things or that all the words, you know, your errors in this, in the text. And, um, she was great. And she, and I'd never received those before because I'd never done a play before. And so she hands me this stack of script notes. I go, what are these? And she explains, this is what you got wrong. I go, well, I was pretty close. Yeah. Most, most doesn't count. Learn your fucking line. So, so that was uh, that was my lesson as to what the job is of an actor. I'm supposed to learn the lines and say those lines. So I I think they're they're different jobs. So the um, I don't kind of view them as the same thing. And I know sometimes people say, "Well, why don't you just improvise now?" Well, no, there's a script. Right. I, those are. I'll do the script. Um, I'll maybe make some slight change. And the one thing about the uh, lodge, there's, there's no, there's no change anything. Um, those, those scripts came in just great. So it was really fun. Yeah. So, um, and also <laughs> the weird thing is oftentimes when this, the people who say you can do whatever you want, just use the script as a, template right those scripts are great um and the people who say say every word exactly as i wrote it those scripts are generally not very good (laughs) (laughs) oh that's great the idea of uh improv just gives me tremendous anxiety to even consider it i mean i've I've literally had uh dream nightmares kind of where i'm on stage (laughs) like where are my lines i don't know what my lines are and uh it's, yeah, like, there's a guy I, I've been working with for a long time. We just did a show two nights ago um, for the first time. We did a show the day before everything closed. And mm-hmm. so then we just did a show the other night. But his point is he gets nervous about scripted stuff that he says of all the words available, all of them are wrong, except mm-hmm. one. Yeah. 
But uh, with improvisation, there is no wrong word. I can't get I can't get it wrong. Mm. Yeah. But I, I I understand. I like I get nervous at both. So mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean that's that's part of the whole thing of improv, right? Is that it's supposed to help you get less afraid about making mistakes. I, like that. I, yeah, that was kind of the goal. The mm-hmm. what we were told. Uh, back in, at Second City in Chicago was to fail. We were, we were asked by the boss to fail. Yeah. But more spectacularly tonight than you did last night. You know, don't, don't fail the same way repeatedly. That's <laughs> good. Yeah. That's growth, right? Is uh, yeah, right. failing in different and more spectacular ways. Right. <laughs> With the, uh, alchemical interests of blaze and getting into some of the the writers and the references to historical figures did that spark anything for you in terms of i yeah i really enjoyed it i um and i so i studied philosophy in college i was not a theater school guy so um all that was really interesting to me i didn't know anything about paracelsus and stuff like that i I looked at all i ended up they gave me a couple books on you know when we when i got the job and i uh and and alchemy and paracelsus it was uh, fascinating for me and it's a uh i i still have an interest in that kind of stuff do you have a favorite philosopher or philosophical movement or i'd say probably uh i like that uh Aristotle and I like I like that mm. Emmanuel Kant. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Philosophy is always tough for me. Like any time I read it, I become convinced of whatever they're trying to present to me. Like it's like, oh yeah, they, they seem like they really thought this out. I can't find any holes in this. It's impenetrable. So <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of great ideas. There's a lot of great ideas. They really thought about this. You know, I, I felt like a lot of those concepts that he was talking about. I especially had to kind of go back and listen to him because the way Blaze kind of he just spoke about it very quickly. It's very hard to convince me otherwise that the, the person saying it didn't actually know these really in-depth details. It was just like so seamless and tight. And uh, and Blaze also had a very uh, large uh, vocabulary, I thought, too. He had words. He, I did. I, if there was something I didn't understand, I'd do the, you know, we that was the really nice thing. We got scripts in advance. So if if there was anything that you did, I was able to figure it out what I was saying. Um, sometimes you just, you know, you, on the day you get new rewrites and stuff, but it wasn't, that was a great luxury that we had so much material in advance. Um, yeah. Well, thanks. <laughs> I think one time I wrote down what you were saying, you were saying to Dud something and it was, I think towards you were a little, a little bit ranting and, uh, I think I wrote down a bunch of stuff of what you said. And then I kind of looked up the keywords to it and I ended up in this like Wikipedia rabbit hole, um, about like tarot cards and all kinds of ideas. And then, you know, interestingly enough, what do you know, but a lot of the th- stuff that you were talking about did play into the themes of the, the greater themes of the show. And that was just like, yeah, it's, it's as it's almost as though as Jim Gavin knows what he's doing. Yes. I won't, exactly. I won't <laughs> but you yeah, know, he could have put in anything he wanted in a sense, and it could have, it was still sounded well in the moment, but then that double layer of it was just, you know, there's always you're always unlocking a little bit more of the show that just kind of yeah so very yeah deep. yeah yeah I mean I'm so impressed by Jim Gavin because I I mean I had never heard of him before I hadn't seen him like in any like writer room type of situations he like had written one book of short stories and then he just comes straight out the gate with uh with this is pretty pretty incredible yep I agree also you know about his he's got a a label now, right? You know that? Yeah, Tiger. Yeah. Publishing Tiger Man. Or not publishing, but like, yeah, I guess label. Yeah, yeah I just uh, picked that up as well. Okay, great. Yeah. It's it's one of you started yet? Uh, yeah, I read the first section and the first chapter. I really loved it. Pretty great, uh, yeah. So, and for exactly. our listeners, uh, David was holding up the novel Shaky Town. First sure. read from Jim it's Gavin. It's a novel, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I read one one review where they were calling it a collection of short stories, but huh. it says it says a novel. You're right. It describes itself as a novel. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to to reading the rest of that. Um, so, what have um, what have you been doing in the last year or so to uh, 
to keep it because you know there aren't any live we're, well there weren't live shows happening for so long um and yeah, i know you were uh, still doing improv a lot so. i was um i ended up working a fair amount over the during the the lockdowns i did mm-hmm. it, uh, some fun stuff um uh a couple of them are things that there's they really think they're making bombs they really <laughs> think it's national secrets <laughs> can't even like you you can't even get a, like a call sheet and shit it's <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable how difficult they make it to try to anyway so i'm not allowed to say uh, oh, okay. but towards the end of the year you'll i'll be able to say um and then also I was working on this thing, another something up in uh, this little uh, mini series up in Milwaukee where I play this historical. It's basically a documentary about uh, Piero Ducio. I didn't know anything about him. He's a car designer and a race car driver from yeah. uh, from Italy. And it's the, I basically play him in this documentary. I'm, I'm sitting on stage kind of playing him. And it's a fascinating story. Magnificent Madness is the na- is the title of the, the show, and this one is it. It's got Nazis and the Resistance and uh, race cars and the Perones in Argentina, and oh. it's 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 this fascinating true story. It truly does have everything. Yeah, <laughs> <of> that. <laughs> what more could you want? <laughs> and then I was actually a couple times down in Atlanta and uh I looked up Njima Big Ben. Uh, yeah. And we uh I just last time I was down there I saw him and it was really fun. Yeah. And I'm still uh somewhat in touch with everybody on the show. Mm. I, um yeah, Mike Trim, a director. I just had uh lunch with him. He's working on something in Chicago. It's just yeah, we're all still connected pretty great great. it's awesome that it the connection persists even after Mm um which is also rare just that in itself that we all still keep in touch is kind of is unusual i've not experienced it before yeah um we have that moment when you're just deleting everyone's contacts Contact from your phone. Fuck, I never have to fucking talk to this fucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so great. It's like a weight's been lifted. You're <laughs> just deleting numbers. Um, right, yeah. your phone's imminently lighter. <laughs> great. Oh, yeah. So just continuing on the theme of what you've been doing. Um, yeah, a lot of the guests that we've had from Lodge 49 have not been able to tell us about Project They're On and, you know, NDAs. Secret, yeah, I guess it's just more common that people are, you know, productions are real full of themselves. Yeah. So Wait. with that in mind, I was just going to ask if you're in New York for work. I am. And I think I, I think I can. Yeah. Um, but, and I know it's been in the paper. So they've, uh, White House Plumbers, the, the series by Dave Mandel written by, uh, uh, two of the writers from Veep and Dave Mandel. And it's about, it's about the Watergate break-in. Oh, wow. And, And, um, it's historically factual, but it's a comedy because they were so fucking inept. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm playing a, 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 I'm barely in it. So, yeah. So it'll probably still be good. <laughs> I'm not letting around fucking it up. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah I was going to say, thank God. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, you kind of touched on this earlier that you, you have, um, you know, a history of playing like stuff that's straight up comedy. Um, I was thinking specifically like Knife Man from uh, Paris. Man, that was really a who? Th- those people are man. That's fun. Yeah, yeah, that looks that looks like fun. Does that does that shoot out here in LA? No, that was New York. Oh, okay, I copy that. Mm-hmm. Lodge let me run. Up, I was doing those at the same time. Uh, really? <laughs> Lodge let me go do those, and yep. Yeah, with uh, with characters like that, um, I mean, are you kind of involved, like collaboratively, in creating them? Because uh, um, no, not that one. I've worked on Strangers with Candy with the same gang, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and so I've known them all for ever. 
Um, they, they used to be in Chicago before Strangers with Candy, um, before Exit 57 was their first show. And I wrote on that with them. And, um, and then I was on Strangers with Candy. And then so they, I'd just known them all for a long time. So they just wrote it with, with me in mind. Oh, great. So it's always, and also on that, if it's some, I'm able to, if, if I have what I think might be, uh, you know, ideas that'll work well, they're open to all that too. Yeah. We know each other. We've known each other for a really long time. Right. Yeah. I have to assume there's a lot of trust. There. Yeah. And also, right. Anytime like, hey, you want to come do this? Sure. And then, then you read the script. It's like, what did I agree? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the Page of the Candy is my wife's favorite show, like all time. And uh, I was watching Lodge 49 and she walked through the room and she was like, oh, it's still Page of the Candy. <laughs> I was like, please? You know, so. That was a nice little pairing. It was in, I was in Italy and walking mm-hmm. down the street and some guy with a broken arm with a weird cast, <laughs> a local in this, not a, you know, and uh, he goes, Blaze? <laughs> I don't know how he would have gotten, this is when it was still, when it was running. I'm like, how did you even see it much less? in Italy. And, um, and he would, he was a little out of it. He told me I've become friends with him. He told me later, he's, he's a a writer himself. And, um, he told me later, he was kind of out of it. He had just come from the doctor. He was on meds. It was all kind of a fog. And he saw this, the healer walking down. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. Oh my God. That's so surreal. Uh, (laughs) He offered to have you sniff his wound and everything. (laughs) I insisted. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And you seem like you've been traveling a lot uh, recently as well. Didn't you recently go to Italy? I did. I did. I uh, spent a fair amount of time. And actually I'm going in a couple of weeks and I'm going to shoot a film in Italian. Oh. Do you speak Italian? I do. Um, and did you grow up doing that? No, no. I uh, So that Joel Murray fellow I mentioned, mm-hmm. Brian's, Brian's little brother, he and I met uh, going to school in Rome. Mm. Oh. And that's kind of where I learned how to speak Italian. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, but we'll see. Um, I we just started. Uh, I working on it, and I uh, I may be in way over my head. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a coach? There is someone, but uh, yeah, she's on Zoom from. She's in Bologna, and it's yeah. Um, I may be in over my head, so we'll. Are see. you playing in Italian, or are you playing an American in Italy? I'm playing an American in Italy. So, so my dialect doesn't have to be perfect, but um, it's just a ton of stuff I don't know the words for because I'm playing a professor and there's just stuff that I, I don't use, words I don't use. Mm. Yeah. Is, it, is this a, a drama or? It is. It's a story about a, it's set in the 60s and it's uh, about a kid who may or may not be, be able to manipulate metals. Ooh. Ah. Oh. It's about him and his dad and stuff, but that's why I'm there. Mm. Well, that sounds like metals, like Magneto shows up. And we, oh yeah, I was gonna say, oh my, guy, um, oh my god, I love a Magneto <laughs> origin movie. <laughs> I was so excited for you. <laughs> I've got the Hollywood Reporter on the line right now. <laughs> so excited about this. <laughs> Magneto. Magneto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So did you think at all about like where Blaze's storyline might have gone if the story had continued? And I've, one thing I have specifically in mind is like, what was going to be, what was all going to happen with that Lynx so- urine and, uh, and other more, more serious matters? Well, Lynx urine is a, a cry for help. Yeah. Um, uh, Mom told I me that. I love the urine dealer. She was so great. Yeah. 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 
but just the idea, I think I'm going more right. What I, what Blaze had said was that he's just knocking that off. Right. That right. this way lies madness. Um, uh, so he's just going to go back to, you know, trying to help people in this world. Um, and I love that uh, that Doug gave me the family shop, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. Now, was that going to be a dispensary or was it going to be something else, maybe? It was going to be a dispensary and just like it was. And I, my guess is I could not stop. Yeah. That's my guess, that I would not be able to stop, um, that I would continue to go, you know, I'd take some time off maybe, but I can't, I can't quit it. Yeah. <laughs> can't quit alchemy. <laughs> alchemy, I can't quit you. He's one devious bitch, but <laughs> keeps you on the hook. Um, yeah. Yeah. Then we came across some stories like, uh, I think it was Carol, um, Carol Cutshaw telling us that, um, Ken she's she's a terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> she mentioned you and she were texting back and forth. So I guess well, she she's is friends. She's, she's just wonderful, and <laughs> she's just wonderful. That was another. That was another treat to just meet these people. They're all just delightful humans. Not 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 just supremely talented, but just what a great gang. Um, like everything that was just not like anything. That usually, that usually happens. You go in for your fittings with Carol and you go over like a season one. It's like, this is what we're going to do. This is what do you think about that? And she's, you talk about it. And I don't really have any ideas about that kind of thing. And she got me like, yeah, I guess between this and this, I'd go with that. And we all, we had these kind of rules for, it was really helpful for me um, to think about it in these other ways. What else was really helpful to be around really good actors. <laughs> that helps around really good actors. I'm like, oh, fuck, I better step it up or I'm going to get <laughs> left in the dust. So uh, it was that was really fun. It was great to watch. I mean, on days off, it's Atlanta. It's not my home, but I go in and just watch them. Really? Mm -hmm. That's nice. That's sweet. Like, it was yeah. fun. I mean, it yeah. was not, it, it wasn't, wasn't for merely to be kind. It was like, oh, this is really great. Yeah. You weren't like making faces, trying to throw them off their game. Like I was doing that as well. Getting in their eyeline. Coughing. Coughing during their backswing. Making <laughs> <laughs> gestures. <laughs> Rolling and. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to ask, did you get to keep any of those El Confidente paintings? And I can I one. get one? Can you get me one somehow? <laughs> I have one. It was a gift. So I don't know where to get them. Okay. Which one what, do you have? Yeah. Which? Us standing in the desert. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. it's good also, uh, all those people, prop department, uh, Mike Shaw, the um, production designer, who, I mean, all those departments were, they come in with stuff just like, this is amazing. <laughs> There's a little kit that I roll out for Ernie's cat in like the very beginning of the show. Right. Yeah. That thing is just this amazing little toolbox that was yeah. some antique um I think it was a drafting uh, uh, tool kit of some mm -hmm. kind. It was just wonderful stuff. Yeah. I love that cat. Fernando. <laughs> Fernando. I heard he was very down to earth, but then, you know, why hasn't he responded to any of our interview requests, if that's the case? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Haughty. Haughty, Haughty cat. Him. Yeah, I found him to be. <laughs> working on the crow next. Yeah, exactly. You will not get that thing to shut up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, was, was the crow just like, I mean, I, I guess animal trainers really know what they're doing. I'm sure they had a way of keeping the bird quiet during. I was not on set. Right. Whenever, yeah, because whenever they were shooting crows. I right. mean, not literally shooting crows. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that I means. Yeah. PETA, we were not actually shooting crow. We were photographing 
crows. Photographing crows. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, How much access to the script did you have? Did you just have your scenes? Because I would oh, imagine. No, you have the whole. You have, you have the whole script. Yeah. So you just so you could just go sit and watch them act the scenes. Because I would want to watch it if I didn't know what was happening. I would also want to watch it for that reason. But well, also I'm uh, addled. So um, after reading something, I'll immediately forget it. So it's always brand new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> a lovely way to walk yeah. through life. Yeah, giving yourself a little gift every day, mm-hmm. right? rediscovering things you already knew. <laughs> I think it's uh, charming when people say, oh, I don't want to spoil the, you won't spoil anything. <laughs> <laughs> exactly so, how you feel. Yeah. Did you watch the show when it aired? Or are you one of these people who's like, I, can, I can't see myself on screen. I can never watch myself on screen. Oh, I watched the show. I really like the show. I'm not comfortable watching myself. But um, and and it's mostly it's like oh wow I I didn't think that's what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what that looks like. I gotta not do that again. But it's like you know nine months later, so it's not mm-hmm. like on stage improvising. The picture I have in my oh man, I was fucking great, and there's no nothing can prove me otherwise, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. But now it's on film. Oh, man, that's, that's not <laughs> what I was trying to do. <laughs> so, I don't even like my voice on the podcast either. I mean, it's the same. I mean, it's not nearly as. <laughs> I don't hate. I didn't hate my voice as much as I thought I would. Mm. I don't know. I was kind of like, oh, you know, you sound pretty good, Claire. You sound way better. You, than- <laughs> you all sound good. I got over my voice because I used to do a ton of voiceover work and I just got I was able to listen to it objectively. Um, but I'm not that way with, uh, the, the camera. Mm. Yeah. There's definitely this disconnect between what you think you look like and what, you know, you're actually seeing. That's interesting. So are you getting more, um, dramatic type roles now because of flash 49 or it's necessarily, I'm mostly, uh, I'm still doing mostly, I just still do mostly comedy. Um, but I, I was getting, you know, like the plays that I do are not necessarily comedies and, so I've always been doing, but I think I'm, if, if I'm thought of at all, I think they probably categorize me as more comedy stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a little different. That's why, you know, that Deb Zane, the casting director, I think she did an amazing job on all with everybody. She was, yeah. everybody that came in was just absolutely fantastic. And I think it's, you know, not people that you'd necessarily pick for you know the that you'd think of when you think of that role like oh but they're fantastic yeah right she knows better yeah did you end up doing some long beach scenes too or was it all Atlanta? i did only second season did i do long beach like at the beach that was actually long beach okay when the typewriter falls out of the sky right right okay Mm -hmm. um there's something else maybe in the park I forget what else I did. I, not a lot, but um, some. And that was really fun, too. It was like a field trip with everybody. Right, yeah. Was there, I mean, when they were shooting the stuff in Long Beach or L.A., um, I mean, was there a whole second unit, or did they, like, bring most oh, everybody, of the crew from Atlanta? Everybody was from Atlanta. Oh, not everybody, but almost everybody. Um, yeah. You know, most, like, like yeah. all department heads and stuff were. It was just, yeah. Hmm? Yeah. I like I've been on a few shows where I get to like help run a second unit and it does feel like a little a little field trip and you know like uh yeah whatever that expression is like the uh the inmates are running the prison or the inmates are running the uh, yeah it's kind of how I feel when they give me any power (laughs) (laughs) yeah right but they gave it to you that's how That is exactly. That's what I'm saying. And that's what I will say. <laughs> now on. I guess we haven't talked much about your career before Lodge 49. Do you want to talk about that? I, they're not. Yeah, sure. Not a lot. <laughs> not a lot. To talk about. It's going to be a short. <laughs> <laughs> Were there any roles in particular or any characters you would come up with in improv or anything that you, that you drew upon in creating you know, your take on Blaze? Yeah, I, for me, I, any, pretty much any job, I, I, I just read the script and figure out how I see it, right? And 
like uh, how I'd like to see it, how I'd like to see this material done. And that's it. Um, and that's pretty much for everything. Get, you know, and then with, um, it's kind of a, a similar thing with improvisation where, oh, we don't really know a lot about this person yet, but each moment we learn a little bit more and a little bit more. And now all that stuff is still true. Um, and now I have to behave genuinely in this moment, given what we know so far. And it was just kind of the same thing for um, this, all the information that I get with Blaze. I get my, so I my the information that I have in my scenes, but also what other people are saying about me within the script and just compiling it all. I think it's pretty similar for me. It's learn all the words and then listen, uh, which is basically, you know, there's no words to learn in improvisation, but listening is just such a huge part of what I think is the job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, something I've always loved about improv is how inherently collaborative it is. And, um, you know, uh, you don't really want to overshadow your partner and you, um, you want to be there for each other. And that's so beautiful. Like, Yeah, it, I, I agree. And that, I think that's kind of the thing about this show, right? There mm -hmm. these people like they have to have each other. Um, mm -hmm. And what was it? Uh, James Burroughs, I think, just wrote something nice about the show. He said, rather than people who have everything behaving badly, it's people who have nothing uh, treating each other well. Yeah. Oh, I know. Was that Larry Charles? Larry yeah, Charles. I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Just such a great little succinct. Yeah, this it's it is like it, yeah. it's a wonderful little community, and it and it, it the 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 lodge felt like that, but also the show felt like that. Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's such a good like it's really a pretty perfect antidote to cynicism because it's you know in a world where like it's things are getting increasingly difficult for like everybody. Um, just the idea that our salvation is through connecting to others and through healing ourselves and healing each other is pretty. Yeah. I don't know how I ended up on that show. Cause I am <laughs> a, a real pessimistic cynical. <laughs> um, and somehow. Somehow they gotcha. Yeah. Really. It's not something in you that you don't even see in yourself. Oh my I'm God. Jim, it. Jim, that's beautiful. <laughs> and I'm forever grateful. Well, do you have a favorite episode of the show just to watch? And not even like just from, you know, a working on a standpoint, but, you know, something that maybe even surprised you or. I'm a big fan of a narwhal. <laughs> yeah. As are we. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That Campbell stuff was pretty fun. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. I guess maybe that where he ends up getting impaled. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was pretty fun i you know i i didn't find a clinker in the bunch um trying to think of a, an absolute favorite i don't know that there's an absolute favorite mm -hmm. but boy just also that that gang that group of folks adam godley and uh, yeah yeah was, we really had a great time okay is there anything in your life that you um, relate to with Blaze as far as like how passionate he was about his very specific set of science being um, holistic medicine? Uh, and um, well, I do feel that, that there's a lot in common. I, I'm uh, I, I don't get fucked up anymore, but boy, oh boy, I was looking for a long time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to try to figure stuff out with, you know, chemical help. Um, uh, so there's, there's that, that we have in common. Um, and I was very passionate about it for quite some time. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. I think there's some people I know, and it's like, whatever it is, that's kind of special to them. They're very particular about it and how you discuss it in front of them and how it's addressed and stuff like that. And there, I've known people like blaze about different types of things, not, not necessarily alchemy, but, Right. Uh, I don't know that there's a, like a, a specific 
Um, well, I guess about improvisation. And that has mm-hmm. some similar qualities. You know, I, I, that's the thing that really I, I go on and on. You know, it's a bore people to death about it. Um, uh, I really find it fascinating because I do think that it is more. I, I think the same about improvisation as perhaps Blaze thought about uh, alchemy, that I do think it's beyond the physical world. That mm-hmm. kind of not a, doesn't make it's not two plus two equals four. It's something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess yeah. that. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty I, I guess. If I, I guess, I guess that's what passionate people say, right? I yeah, guess. I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> um, another thing that was really memorable from the show was Blaze's relationship with Avery. The Tyson. Yeah, that was really fun. Yeah. Tyson's from Oklahoma. Um, I'm from, sorry, I'm from Oklahoma. That's, okay. that's why I care about that. <laughs> yeah. All American rejects. Good buddy. Yeah, right. A good buddy of mine is also from Oklahoma. Uh, uh, Tracy part? Letts. Oh, Tracy Letts. He uh, talked at my um, college and uh, yeah, I went out to lunch with him and stuff. Uh, yeah. Um, August Osage County, which is about like Pawhuska and stuff like that. I spent a lot of time in Pawhuska. Um, yeah, he was, he was an all right guy. He's. Um, That's yeah. not my experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, he's a good friend. That's great. Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, it seems like after Avery, that's like at this point where Blaze could go into a good direction. And then it just because of it, that's kind of what starts the whole. Yeah, I do. Yeah, the the heartbreak and just well, the just the betrayal. Right. Yeah. This thing that I believed in. Right. Put put a lot of it. Yeah. The betrayal is what what feels like it did it because it was like you know there was a love interest to it but the love interest also had a passion for alchemy and the lodge right and i you know that just was a very a rough blow i think to absolutely uh, right and i think you know uh, the blaze character uh just an open book um not not thinking would never consider protecting himself right uh, yeah yeah. yeah. How often do you come across with someone with those same very specific interests that you also have? You know, that's yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would be swept up too in his defense. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that, and a fake accent. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> right. Oh my god. Yeah. And the made up town. From, the made up town you know, really got me. Right. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Like Hampshire upon some Heath <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. Um, right. Yeah, like, episodes. I think that stuff when we were down in Mexico and everybody was together. So fun. Yeah. That was, I mean, that was a treat just because everybody's together. Yeah. Uh, we didn't really ever get to do that. Um, we yeah. were all kind of in our own separate things. So then finally in Mexico, we were all together. And that was, that was a blast. And for the same reasons, because we had to see each other, you know. Um, yeah. Mary Elizabeth Ellis. Uh, as Daphne, she was a hoot. Um, yeah. Giamatti was down there. We really had a great time. Everybody that came on was really fun. Yeah. Did you guys actually shoot in Mexico or was that Atlanta playing Mexico? That was Atlanta for Mexico. Am I allowed to <laughs> oh, dash I, these hopes? Dash my, all my <laughs> I'm a production nerd. I want to yeah. know things. <laughs> the pool was Long Beach. Mm. Oh, okay. Oh, but yeah. that wasn't. Oh, yeah, the pool. Mm. Yeah, the pool was was Long Beach. When they first got there. The okay. patro- actually, the patro- the name of the place was the Petroleum Club. Mm. Oh. My favorite huh. beverage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With a little mint sprig. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice time. Yeah. It's like a double zombie oh. and a hurricane mix. Oh, delicious. <laughs> Yeah, and that Giamatti fellow was kind of fun to goof around with, too. Yeah. Imagine. And Pollyanna was down there. Yeah, we had, it was really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who got really wasted and embarrassed themselves? No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> How many dumplings did they really eat? <laughs> yeah. That's oh, a man, good. they went yeah. to it. They went to it. Uh, 
they really got at it. No, I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean that 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 uh, scene is pretty like some like stomach turning, like <laughs> just shoveling. I mean, it's a little like Cool Hand Luke, where you literally see him eating the actual eggs, and uh, you just think to yourself, like, "My God!" Even if they did this in a couple hours, I, I, I I would never see. I would never want to see an egg the rest of my life if I was Paul Newman. Yeah. Right, and then he sticks his belly out and stuff. Like, oh my God, looks (laughs) jam packed with boiled eggs. (laughs) Yeah. So, and I when I see him stuffing their faces, I mean, if you. You know, there maybe there's multiple takes even, and then you know, so they they have to be at least taking some bites. I mean, they're they're ripping them apart. It's 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 quite vulgar in a, in yeah. a good beautiful way. Yeah, it's part of television. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, we just want to say how much we appreciate you showing up to our little podcast and uh, taking this time to talk about Lodge 49 and everything else with us. It's It's been so great to have you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. It's always a treat to uh, remember uh, that show. It was really great. Thanks for having me. And also, it wasn't that difficult. This is vir- virtual. I'm still in a, I didn't, I'm still in my hotel room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Really appreciate I appreciate that hotel room for a second. I thought you were going to say underwear. And <laughs> 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 yeah. oh, oh, shit. Hold on one second. Okay, one wait, second. Okay. Let me do yeah, a one second. of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm doing it. He has it. his Dudley oh. Sun pool supply shirt on. I wish I wore mine. <laughs> also, I, I, I ran into on this on that thing I was working on. Mm-hmm. Um, I one of the crew was a lodge guy, and we both have had shirts. Mm. Oh wow! It was really. I have a Dudley and Son pool supply shirt as well, and I was on a shoot, and uh, this camera person came up to me, and they were like, "Oh, I love that show! What a cool rap gift that they gave you!" And I had to break. I was like, "I didn't." I didn't work on the yep. show. Like, yep. I'm thank just you. a fan. Here's something now on. Yep. yep. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah, we're, we are looking forward to seeing everything that you appear in, appear in yeah. including the, the film where you're going to speak Italian, maybe not oh, yeah. that well. And, uh, <laughs> Or sure not that way. (laughs) (laughs) House plumbers, all of it. And thank you, listeners, for joining us again. And we will see you on our next episode. Bye.